Coming up, how is Wall Street reacting to rebate gate? IDCOMs go to CAN. And some of the best independent agencies gather in London. Hello and welcome to IDCOM's Media Snack episode 30. So firstly today we're going to look at how Wall Street is reacting or not to the rebate gate report from last week. Yeah. We're going to spend a couple of days in Cannes next week and mm-hmm. talk about our agenda there. Yeah. And finally I'm speaking at a conference or summit of some of the world's best independent agencies, media and creative. All coming up on today's Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat um baguette. Okay, so first up today, uh, we're going to touch briefly on the ANA's rebate gate report and the kind of fallout of that before we talk about slightly sunnier things like Mm -hmm. the Cannes Festival in the south of France. Um, We've had a really busy last week or so, uh, as you may imagine, um, fielding calls from concerned marketers that have read the report and looking for some guidance, um, and also quite a few people from the analyst community which we're going to come on to talk about. Um, and they're really their two main questions generally have been, is this getting legal? Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, is this going to prompt a media palooza yeah. too? Like, so yeah. a ton of new media agency pitches. We're, we're not anticipating a, a massive influx of media reviews at the back end of this year. Mm-hmm. That may change going into 2017 once clients have got a clearer perspective on how to move forward. Yeah. But, uh, but certainly we don't anticipate anything significant in terms of uh, masses of media pitches this year. Yeah. Uh, but our focus today is going to be looking at how the markets have reacted. Right. So Wall Street, the city and other markets around the world. Um, and whether actually the findings of the report have really had any knock-on effect That's right. to so we the market. We weren't sure, were we? We weren't sure whether uh, the markets would see the findings from the report uh, as an indication that perhaps the share price would reduce there would be any significant material impact on the share prices of any of the holding groups and there hasn't been at all right absolutely no suggestion that that has had an impact on the share price of any of the the big holding groups and we've been analyzing a number of the analyst reports that have come out Mm. and the morgan stanley report has a headline safe for now Mm. um and uh they talk, all of the, the analyst reports talk about uh, the, the removal of the, uh, the overhang, which yeah. I think is So a, what is that? Let's, the, what is an overhang? The overhang actually is a measurement for potential dilution in, in share value. Yeah. So the cloud, perhaps, that, that sits over uh, any particular business's kind of share price. Yeah. And obviously the, the uh, imminent release of the the report by the ANA was a massive cloud over the industry. Yeah, so and that had been the overhang. That was a the warning overhang. to investors that there might be something coming which could affect negatively affect the share Absolutely. price. Absolutely. In the okay. And certainly within within the Morgan Stanley analyst report, it was definitive. The overhang has been removed. Yeah. Uh, and you know they're safe for now, yeah. right? And and they the way that they justify it is because there were no names mentioned in the report the, there were kind of broad conclusions there was no suggestion that that there was going to be any criminal any criminal activity had taken place yeah. um, 
And because there were no recommendations made within the report, obviously we're waiting for that to come through from Ubiquity in the next week or so, yeah. uh, there was no suggestion that you know, the, the holding groups would suffer as a consequence of it. Yeah, because we, our assumption is that the markets, if they were going to react to anything, they'd react to action, mm-hmm. perhaps not the words. So sure. even though we were thinking maybe the report might get investors jittery, um, analysts seem to be generally providing some reassurance that there's no immediate impact. Yeah. But it's likely that you know, the, the level and type of action perhaps that the agency's clients take yeah. will start to dictate maybe how the market reacts, That's for right. example. So but if perhaps in next year or later this year we start to see an increase in you know, media agency, you know, rene- contract renegotiations or even large-scale media reviews happening as clients try to, imp- you know, impact some change, perhaps, that may be an indicator that then the markets might react to Changing. It. And, that's, and that's, I think, that's reflected in the conversations that we've had with our kind of clients. They've, yeah. been, they've been really considered. They've been, uh, you know, very thoughtful. In, in the way that they've digested the information from the report. There's been no knee-jerk reaction. I think they're all considering internally how best to move, move forward. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that's absolutely the right way of, of approaching yeah. it. Yeah. We should mention as well that um, just a different analyst perspective, you'll probably be familiar with Brian Weiser, uh, who is a, an analyst uh, based in the U.S., and is a, is a kind of good source of commentary mm. around media sector investments. Um, he's actually an ex, was an ex-banker, I think, and then he was, he was on the agency side for quite a long time. Right, yeah. So he's got a good understanding, I think, yeah. of the internal workings of agencies, perhaps versus some other analysts. Um, normally very insightful, but he took a different point of view. So, I mean, he was saying that, uh, that you know, the report is not positive, obviously, um, and he's saying that the idea that this overhang has been removed is a bit overstated and he believes that it still exists. There's still a little bit of a cloud, which I think is probably right yeah. because it's not, I don't think it's right to mm-hmm. say, you know, we're safe now necessarily from an investor's perspective. Um, but what Brian and his team had done at Pivotal was actually reach out, which is quite a nice idea, reach out to, uh, he says, I think about 10 senior marketers in the US yeah. and present them a bunch of questions to help qualify and validate some yeah. of their thinking. So um, we'll link to that. I don't know, actually, we'll just check with Brian whether we can share that, but we'll, uh, I'll tell you what it says. Um, here are some of the questions that they asked. Will marketers reopen agency contracts to account for issues raised by K2? Uh, yes, it was, was the general consensus. Um, which is probably in line with, yeah. with you know, our findings as well and our work with clients. Mm-hmm. Will the report lead to more aggressive media agency compensation conversations? Um, you know, I think that's the fear, perhaps, from, a, from an agency perspective. Possibly, um, although I think our, our perspective on that as well is that, you know, agencies should be fairly compensated for, the, for work which really adds value to yeah. the client business. So, and I know that the agencies, I mean, in, in their defence, are suggesting that, the, you know, a lot of the, the issues that... that uh, have, have generated these kind of transparency problems come from you know the squeezing of, of yeah. fees and margins yeah. and the the lowering of, of the value that that the agencies can provide. Yeah. So let's hope that they don't use this as an excuse or an example to to kind of further constrict yeah. Yeah, the yeah. agencies' fees. 
Um, they asked, will marketers become more involved in technology vendor selection or even bring some of those technology contracts in-house? Uh, pretty overwhelming positive response to that, that they will do, and some brands saying they've already done so. Yeah. Others saying that they are looking at that and planning to do so. Uh, will marketers more commonly separate planning from buying? No, was the consensus. But I think, again, there you sh we should raise that, you know, related to that previous question, if marketers are bringing some of those buying technologies in-house, that will necessitate a change of agency scope, right? Absolutely. So you, that may split the planning and buying on that sense. But I don't think we'll see planning and buying split across two different media agencies. Um, probably not worth doing. Will marketers con constrain spending on less known media entities? Um, and so finally, that was another yes, really which is probably good news if you're Google, Facebook, or any of the kind of the big, more wool-gardened or you know, trusted suppliers of media imagery. Um, just because of there's a, a general distrust, perhaps, in the unknown yeah, yeah. from a marketer's perspective. And there's a sense of security in, in you know, the big ones, right? Yeah. In the way that they operate. Yeah. So Brian's point of view, slightly different. Um, still thinks that there's a shadow being cast somewhat over the industry. Um, you know, as we've said, I think the, the new guidelines will, we'll see will indicate perhaps what action clients are going to take. Mm -hmm. um, we're issuing shortly our, uh, what we call the post-K2 media manifesto, yeah. which again is some very simple guidelines for long-term, building long-term governance over media investments. Um, and in our work with our clients, uh, you know, perhaps some of those will, or all of those will be implemented in the form of action yeah. uh, over the coming months. I think what the market is looking for is a set of clear actions. Mm. Um, the second part of the ANA report will contain uh, uh, some principles and a set of guidelines yeah. that will kind of inform their clients on how to move forward. Yeah. We in turn are issuing a, a manifesto. Yeah, so um, we'll be publishing that shortly. It's the post-K2 media manifesto, which will be a six-point practical guide to marketers, really based on a lot of the conversations that we've been having uh, and the questions that we've been asked over the last week or so. Um, so that'll be out shortly, uh, available to clients. Leave a comment if you'd like a copy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we'll see. We'll, we'll monitor it closely. Hopefully that will properly remove the overhang. Uh, um, but let's, uh, let's wait and see. Okay, so talking about withdrawing the overhang, right? Let's get remove the shadow from the industry. What better time to head down to the south of France and the more sunnier climes mm -hmm. of the Cannes Festival? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be there. We are, we're going on Sunday. Yeah. For a couple of days, aren't we? We are, yeah. Uh, just for a few days. Mm -hmm. That's probably enough. Some people are going for about 10 days. I just don't know how you survive that. Mm -hmm. um, but lots of important stuff. I mean, obviously, from a media perspective, the ANA report and the transparency questions are perhaps going to dominate, if not the stage and the formal agenda, the, probably the conversations in the bars and restaurants of, but I of think, Cannes. I think that's a good, healthy thing. I think yeah. that it couldn't have happened at a better time. Uh, an opportunity when senior clients and agency vendors, they're all going to be in Cannes together yeah. in slightly less kind of formal uh, mm. environments. Uh, and to, to, you know, to discuss these within, yeah. you know, the, 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 the confidential kind of 
you know, the confidentiality of the of kind of meeting rooms, etc. Yeah. So it couldn't have happened at a better time. But it is unquestionably going to be uh, a key and main topic of conversation. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll obviously be, um, you know, partaking in loads of those conversations. Um, we'll be filming down there. So we're doing a number of media snack uh, episodes and interviews. Yeah. We've got, uh, we actually, we're interviewing Brian Weezer on Sunday. Yeah. Um, we've scheduled to meet with a whole host of different senior agency leaders and a few marketers while we're there. That's right. Um, you, and then you're on stage on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I'm with the IAA uh, having a fireside chat about transparency with uh, Michael Lee. Yeah. Uh, he's the MD of the IAA at a global level. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. It's good. The tickets are free for that, apparently, so here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, apply on the IAA, yeah. uh, through the IAA. Um, and so that's where we'll be. I think we'll be mostly based at the IAA mm. Cabana a lot of the time. Um, and looking forward to, as well, which we haven't mentioned, uh, seeing how the agencies have reacted to the massive Volkswagen media of pitch course. announcement, because that was a three conclusion of a $3 billion global pitch. It went on for about a year, I think. I yeah, think, I, think I think even it, longer. It yeah. started very early on in 2015. Yeah. And, uh, and concluded last week. And uh, Omnicom, PhD, mm-hmm. uh, consolidated the business and uh, beat Medicom and I think IPG were also in play. So uh, I would imagine that it will be Omnicom that has the biggest boat uh, on You'd the market. You'd expect so, yeah. Celebrating properly. So look out for that. We'll be more, bring you more from Cannes next week. And finally, this week you are presenting at uh, an indie agency summit. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, a collection of some of the world's best independent agencies actually are gathering in London. Uh, so it's called the Indie Summit. Um, and the idea is that they can come together and share and learn um, in this, you know, burgeoning independent media mm. agency sector, which is really good to see. Um, so I've got... I think 30 minutes, and the title I've been asked to present to is What's Really Going On in Media? Um, so as we've been discussing, there's you know, a lot going it's on in quite media. hard to think of actually what to focus on. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to that and looking forward particularly to meet um, a whole bunch of really good independent agencies yeah. you know, because they, uh, you know, they've got a, a good opportunity now to offer some kind of comp- real competitive uh, to the big agency networks, I think. And I've had a look at the agenda. The agenda is fascinating. Yeah, Two days. It is. Uh, what are your uh, What are the bits that you're most looking forward to listening when you're not when you're not doing your bit? Well, the t- there are two particular highlights that just kind of scream out of the agenda. Um, one is a Buddhist monk right. uh, presenting on uh, wellness, mindfulness, I should say. Important. Um, which is good. So that will always that should be a, a good uh, a good respite, much needed. Hope I don't fall asleep in my Zen state. Um, and the other, the other is a uh, an FBI or an ex FBI hostage negotiator um, doing a little training session on how to negotiate. Uh, so I'll be looking at. I'll That's definitely right. get his business card. And then TJ, Tina Fegent uh, yes. presents on how to negotiate with agencies yes, thereafter. Exactly. So to take some of those learnings. So oh, wow. I think uh, you know we maybe maybe going into some renegotiations later this year with agencies we might we, maybe we could do with a hostage negotiator on our team so we'll uh, I'll get his details sounds interesting okay that's all for this week uh, we'll see you in Cannes if you're there bye for now have a good weekend